When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. And what's up, what's up? Welcome in. Happy Friday. It is GC Live. I am Wes Mitchell. He is Chris Clark. We are running slightly late due to a minor technical difficulty that we do have fixed now. Um, We are, of course, brought to you here on GC Live by Affordable Medical Equipment. Check them out, affordablemedicalusa.com. Home of the game day chair, 803-926-1493. Again, check them out, affordablemedicalusa.com. And I believe someone in the degenerates said that we had fallen asleep and we're napping in our game day chairs, which uh, would actually be really nice right now, Chris. Ah, oh, I wish that wouldn't have been said because that made me really want the game day chair nap. But we are not in one right now, unfortunately. If we were in one, though, what uh, what would be the, I guess, characteristics of a game day chair? <laughs> Well, I thought you were going to go another route and ask me which of the variety of positions I would be in. Right now, well, that works too. It would definitely be the lay flat, zero gravity position. I would be all out napping it. Click of one button and boom, you're laid flat, zero gravity in the game day chair from affordablemedicalusa.com. But TV watching position, right? Lounge position. Super soft fabric. You can upgrade to breeze of fabric, which you use in Gulfstream jets if you'd like to be really highfalutin. Um, so check those guys out at 803-926-1493. We appreciate their support, and you should support them too. Yeah, it makes a great Christmas present. What's up to everybody out there? It is Friday. This is a Friday free-for-all show, which means uh, the show goes uh, wherever you take it within reason. We'll uh, answer your questions. We always try to answer your questions, but we take a little bit more of a uh, sort of steer the show a little bit more towards that on Fridays. Everybody's getting ready for the weekend. Um, maybe maybe you're already off work. That'd be nice. Maybe you had a little drink at Market on Main at lunch. Uh, we got to get back out there, by the way. But um, yeah, dude. So I, I would say we've started to maybe settle in a little bit to the Shane Beamer era. Um He's been announced. He's been, from everything we understand, working the phones. And now there, there's actually there's no game on Saturday for Oklahoma because they uh, canceled on the West Virginia end. So that obviously gives a little bit more time for Shane to put into uh, recruiting stuff, staff building stuff. Um, I think we maybe, speculation alert, will start to – hear a little bit more about the staff potentially after this weekend because you're going to have a lot of teams that are sort of finishing up their seasons and then certainly going into next weekend. It's going to be weird. It's going to be championship weekend, but some schools are still finishing out the regular seasons. So maybe between those two things ending, we'll start to get a little better idea on staff soon. Yeah, and and so – what, what we're really looking at is a situation, like you said, Wes, end of, end of season for some schools. Now, different timelines there. You also have early signing day, which um, is going to be a factor, right, at schools around the country. We see this a lot. Um, we've seen it at South Carolina. We've seen it at a bunch of other programs, whether it's coaches going out of South Carolina, coaches coming into South Carolina from outside places. Um, signing day is a pivot point for those, um, even after the February signing day. Um, and there's a variety of reasons for that. But, uh, you know, the more stability programs have around signing day, the better in some cases. Now, everybody committed to South Carolina, all South Carolina targets know that this staff is in flux. But my point is, Wes, 
you may see some after signing day, right? Um, some moves made by Shane Beamer in getting further down the road with some guys after the early signing period. My question is, and, and it is still a question for me, are some going to take as long as after the bowl? You know, I mean, that that could happen as well. So um, it, he, it is a process that he's taking his time with, and there's a lot of reasons that go into that. Number one is obviously you got to find time or you got have to take your time to get the right guys. Make sure you're going through the process the right way. Make sure you're really deliberate, meticulous with the guys you want to go get. Now, during the interview process, obviously Shane Beamer has several guys that he can present to Ray Tanner. He also has guys in mind because he's been preparing this for a long time. Of Here's some guys that I would go after and target. Um, but you still have to go get those guys. And then in some cases, like you alluded to, Wes, these guys are going to still be playing in other games. And so uh, you gotta you got to wait that out as well and go through the entire process. Josh Yellman uh, weighing in on Facebook. Josh, first of all, you got to get on YouTube, man. That's the way – I mean, you're you're part of the crew here. Get with the program. Um, get on YouTube. Yes, who, where do I get my haircut? So I got to show – I got to throw a shout-out to my girl, Aiden Haynes, who um, – what's the name of her salon? Image Makers. She cuts my hair every few weeks. She is the best in the biz for a guy's haircut. So – you don't need any great clips or sport clips or any of that other BS. Go to Aiden. She'll take care of you. Um, she's great. Um, some questions about staff as well. I, I think important to reemphasize something about what you just said, Chris, and that is the fact that Beamer is not going to rush into filling the staff holes. Um I've been he he may have said this in his initial presser as well. I think he might have, but I've, I've been sort of listening. He's done these other sort of national or regional appearances, and it seems to be a common thread of all of them. He always gets asked about the staff, and he always says that other former head coaches or current head coaches that he trusts have told him, "Don't rush this." Um, the the thing I was listening to today on Twitter, he said that Lincoln Riley basically has been hammering home the idea and that Bob Stoops had told him you you don't rush your hires would it be nice to have 10 guys in place and ready for signing day next Wednesday in a perfect world yes but it's just not a reality of the situation and the long-term effects of these guys I mean it does it always happen this way no but you you hope you hope these are your staff members for three, four, five, you know, however many years down the road, you're going to have some turnover. But if you get it right, you hope these guys are sticking around and, and part of your program for a long time. That's right. Staff stability. I mean, it's something that you really would like to have. And and I do think the way, look, there, there's a thought that when you're hiring really good coaches, they're going to go move on. Your position guys are going to get coordinator jobs. Your coordinators are going to go get head coaching jobs. If that's the case, that's great. But, you know, I think Shane Beamer will have the type of work environment and South Carolina will pay these coaches well enough to, unless it's a jump that makes sense, unless it's a, a ladder climbing jump and, and these coaches that he's bringing in, whoever they are, maybe they are ladder climbers and they want to do that. But I think the hope and something we've heard during the process is more staff stability, you know, more South Carolina ties throughout the staff or South Carolina involvement just in the program and the culture in general, but also the ability to put together a good staff and maintain a good staff. You know, we, we saw, we've seen that at a lot of successful programs, just being able to do that. And so that is the ideal goal. And so in order to do that, you know, we know all the reasons why it'd be great to have the entire staff in play, but there's all these complicating factors. There's the bowl game. There's early signing day. There's the fact that other teams are still playing. All these reasons that we've still laid out, it really precludes that from happening. That's not even counting the fact that Beamer simply just needs more time to continue putting this thing together. We think, obviously, there's guys that he's been interested in, guys he's had conversations with, and it, at the appropriate time, the things will come together and he'll have the staff together. Some more questions on here about the bowl game. Uh sort of tying in with the whole staff conversation. Yes, South Carolina will accept a bowl game if they are offered one. Ray Tanner um, has said that. And and actually, really, the, the big thing to watch here, y'all, is going to be for, for South Carolina and any team, 
how many guys do they have available to actually field a team? You know, that that in the year 2020 is a very real part of this conversation and, and something that every team is going to be faced with. Now, um, let, let's be honest. There is a financial aspect to all of this. And the SEC didn't sign a brand new deal with ABC worth however multi-millions of dollars for the future because TV, you know, isn't worth anything. All, all this stuff is driven by it, – it, it goes well beyond tickets. I mean, some of the bowls aren't even going to have fans, I don't think. But the filling that TV space and having teams to fill those games to then fill that TV space is a very real part of all of this. And I, I think uh, for South Carolina, that you know, Tanner has said they will accept, assuming they can put together a team. I've seen mixed emotions about that. I see both sides. I think expecting it to, to be pretty is a fool's errand at this point. But for better or for worse, if South Carolina can field a team, I fully expect them to be picked for a game at this point, and I expect them to accept it. Yeah, and that that is going to be the biggest question. What does What is the state of this team? We know that I mean, they were in bad shape in the Kentucky game. What sixteen guys on the defensive side of the ball? Um, you know, scholarship players, or was it players in general? Sixteen guys, basically, <laughs> and um, that's not a great, obviously, a great number. And they were low at a bunch of other spots too. And and then you have the fact that three Gamecocks have said, Ernest Jones, Shy Smith, Sidarius Hutcherson, guys that were in the mix for Kentucky, or you know, three pretty good, pretty good players, pretty good players. They they have already said they're going pro. Now, does that definitely mean they're out of the bowl? We, I don't know that we've heard that for sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, Wes. My assumption would be they're moving on, right. But we've not heard, but that, that's my assumption as well. That is my assumption. That's what I'm working off of. But here's, you know, if, if people are looking for sort of a key hinge point, maybe Sunday we'll know more when the players are supposed to return. This past week, mandatory week off, you know, for, for college football players at South Carolina, um, get some R&R, return home for a bit. We'll get back in. They'll have COVID testing. So what does that look like? Even before you get to that, how many players are there, you know? Are, are there guys that are sort of in limbo with their situations? Are there guys that, um, you know, the three that we mentioned, are, are they definitely, definitely moving on even before the bowl game like we think they will? There's still a lot of unanswered questions. And so the roster is not going to be in great shape regardless. But the question just becomes, is it so bad that they really can't field a team? And and I don't, I don't even know if we have to use the word, can they field a competitive team? You know, it's just sort of, can you field a team right now, like period? Yeah, it's it's about do you have five offensive linemen? Yeah, including yeah. one that can snap the football. Um, you know, they'll they'll have a quarterback. Luke Doty will be there. <laughs> I think that much is is given, but do they have somebody it's not about do they have somebody who can go rush the passer on defense. It's about do they literally have anybody who can line up on the defensive line, you know? So um it it it's not it's not going to be pretty at all. Yeah. No uh, no expectations whatsoever for that. Now, if you're South Carolina, you kind of just have to hope the uh, opponent is in a similar shape, right? And and I, I think you just oversimplify everything and try to get a bunch of young players reps. Not that yeah. you're going to be given a choice on who's getting reps, to be honest, but by by default, it's going to be a lot of young players getting reps, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say so, and – you know, obviously the, the coaching staff's going to have a different look. You're going to be talking about bumping up, you know, a GA and an analyst or two GAs, two analysts, whatever it may be on the defensive side of the ball. And then, you know, you figure out special teams from there. I would assume Rod Wilson, you know, has a has a big hand in that since he helped out on that front, helped Kyle Krantz out. But Krantz and, and Travaris Robinson won't coach in the bowl game. So a little bit of a different look there and how all that shakes out with the responsibilities, we don't really know. But, yeah, definitely a lot of young players. Um Probably a walk-on heavy, if we're being honest. You know, we're going to see some walk-ons. We're going to see some guys that have not played a ton of football uh, get to go out there and play. And and you're right, probably not going to, you know, timeline-wise, that's the other question. We've asked some people, well, what about practice? What about this? What about that? And everybody's just sort of, well, I don't know. We'll see, <laughs> you know. And so it's, it's a lot of wait and see 
this thing's going to come together, you know, sort of later. They are proceeding as if they're going to play a bowl game, but there's just, again, questions to be answered. Yeah, and uh, we had a question about certain guys. Would they be available to play in a bowl game? I I don't – I'm. who knows at this point? Um, well, we might you know, know more Sunday. We might. Yes. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's at least a starting point for knowing. If 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 your question is, is so-and-so playing in the bowl game, we probably – on most guys, there's some we can feel confident about probably, but most of the guys – or it's sort of like we don't know. Yeah. Um, well, as, as far as injuries, it's and as far as injuries, it's a crapshoot. But it's also a crapshoot of who who's there Sunday, and who's yeah. there after Sunday. I mean, we, you know, there's a lot. So hopefully, we'll know more Monday show. We might know a little bit more about how many guys are in the building and maybe who some of them are. Yeah. Um. I, let's throw a shout out real quick to Stephen Holmes. Uh, a first-time live viewer. What's up, Steven? If you got a question, man, just throw it in the chat. We will try to um, try to get to it. Actually, Steven's already done that. So we will we'll reward our newbie here and uh, welcome him into the club, into the, the de- degenerates, if I can say the word. Um, may, maybe the degenerates will have an official name um, soon, potentially, we hope. Uh, we'll see. But – Steven is going to ask us a question that we probably can't answer, but we'll do our best. Uh, who among the players left do you think for sure we'll see leaving via transfer soon? Um, first of all, as of this afternoon, no new Gamecocks are in the transfer portal right now. That doesn't mean a whole lot, but I know because transfers – I mean, that's been a big topic of conversation. Um, you know, there it's kind of one of those things, Chris. I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. It's extremely fluid when it comes to transfers. How how many times <clears throat> have we had – how many times in your career have you been told, oh, this guy's thinking about transferring, or, oh, this guy's oh, leaving? Yeah. Or, e- I mean, even, y'all, as far as, like, oh, this guy's out. He's done. He's over it. And then report day for a bowl comes or spring practice or winter work, whatever, and there he is. You know, it, I mean, you can, you could literally, I could tell you player Y is leaving South Carolina and that could be 100% accurate today. And then I could look like an absolute idiot tomorrow when he tweets out how excited he is for 2021 season under Shane Beamer. Um, Or the reverse is true. I could tell you this guy is definitely staying and then tomorrow he could tweet that he's going for the NFL draft, that he's declaring. So it, it is such a fluid situation. Um, there's a, there is at least one player that I already have my transfer story completely written for. I would be 100% surprised if it changes. But even then, I don't put the names out on stuff like that because you can absolutely get burned when it comes to transfers. Oh, but you just said you were 100%. Uh, well... I'm 99.9. Yeah, go 99.9. There you go. Thomas Bordenkircher. Whoa. All right. This, all right. this. We've, we've we, dreamt about this moment, Wes. We, <laughs> <laughs> we have. Do, do you do you know Thomas personally? I, I do not. I do not. All right. So, Thomas. Um, Explain this situation to us. Yeah. Thomas. We first of all, I we got to hook Thomas up with something. Yeah. Um Thomas, send me an email, Wes at GamecockCentral.com. I'm gonna send you something in return. Because Thomas is our first ever what is what is this called? A super chatter? Super chat. That's it. Yes. We have not asked for super super chats. Um, uh, we're not gonna beg for super chats, but because our, our sponsors, you know, they help us out. They make the show possible as far as the financial side. But Thomas is our first ever. It's basically a tip jar, right? So if you're watching on YouTube, you have the ability on there to throw us a tip if you want. And Thomas is the absolute first person to ever do that on here. So, Thomas, we appreciate it. Thomas, if you are still watching, hopefully you are if you just tipped two bucks send us a question man anybody that super chats 
your question gets shot to the top of the list. You get a shout out. And uh, in this case, since he did it un, you know, unasked for, I'm going to hook him up with something. I don't know what it's going to be yet. But I, th- I think I have a gift card I can send him for one of our sponsors. I got to make sure I still have one left. But um, Thomas, we appreciate it, man. That is awesome. Chris and I literally have talked about, I wonder if we'll ever get one of those super chats. And now we do. And we didn't even have to put him up to it. We don't We don't know him. So, yeah. Thomas, thanks. Um, all right. Uh, Thomas, hit, hit your question in there, man. Um, we got another Thomas on Facebook. Yeah. Thomas on Facebook. Get to YouTube. That's where the party is happening. Um, all right, Chris. Thomas, what? it's Wes at GamecockCentral.com. He asked for your email again. Okay. All right. Yeah, Wes at GamecockCentral.com. I'll uh, I'll throw you something. If if y'all if anybody I don't I don't even here's the thing man I don't even know what that system looks like from their end. I think there's a button on there where you can push a little um, a little dollar sign and it'll let you like throw us ninety nine cent and you can pay for our beer this weekend or something. But um, anyway, you don't have to. It's just a thing. It's there. But all right, Chris, where where is your attention moving forward? Um, as far as South Carolina this weekend and into next? So mine is recruiting centric right now. You know, we know that like we're, we're not going to get to Wednesday with the entire coaching staff put together. Like that would be something that you, you just don't anticipate. And in fact, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, so I think about signing day now, Wes, you already covered this yesterday on the show and, in some of your writings on Gamecock Central, that don't expect when we get to Wednesday that there's going to be a class of 25 guys signing with South Carolina, and then don't say, "Oh, you know, they didn't sign 25 guys. This is this is terrible." You know, it has normally been the case since the early signing period was instituted a while back, a couple cycles ago. That yes, typically schools sign the bigger chunk of their class in December. Um, South Carolina, you know, under Muschamp, 2018 class, I think they had all but two sign. Um, you know, 2019, I don't remember the ratio, but it, it was certainly a high percentage. But obviously in this transitional time, it's different. So um, South Carolina will have guys off of its commitment list right now. Some of them sign on Wednesday. And then there's a small, you know, sort of a smaller pool for next Wednesday that of uncommitted guys or maybe guys committed to other schools right now that they're going to try to work up until then and see if they can go ahead and flip any of them or just land any of the uncommitted guys before Wednesday. So that's, that's where my head's at, man. That's what I'm paying the most attention to. Um, We're still going to have other content. I've got another search piece that I've got to finish that you are actually very kindly editing for me uh, after the show, probably. And then we have some coaching, you know, assistant coaching stuff that we got to push out on the site too, that we're going to be working on this weekend. But that's sort of my focus is that's where we're turning is toward recruiting right now. Thomas, um, we'll, we'll hit your question here, man. I just saw your email too, by the way. So it got through when we're going to have more guests like Darian. I, I think that is something that will absolutely be part of the plan in the off season. Now it worked out with Darian. And, um, you know, with, with his people reaching out and him retiring yesterday and it, it just happened to work out and he played for Beamer. So it was perfect to have him on. But I think especially once things sort of calm down the last month, there's been no shortage of things to get on here and talk about. I never want this to be a show where we get on here and just make up things to talk about. We only want the show to be when there are actual things happening. So. If we can have some former Gamecocks on, I think that will be a much bigger part of the show moving forward and something that um, should be uh, something to look forward to in the offseason. Shout-out to our boy, Mike Yuva. Mike, uh, we're getting pizza next week. Um, For those who don't know, Mike underscore Yuva gets paid (laughs) in pizza. Um, Pretty much it. Wow, Tom, and Thomas has hooked us up with another super chat. So we are we're, we're going all in on the super chats here, Thomas. I appreciate that, man. But 
uh, yeah, other guys, and, and I think I think it'll be something where maybe even some of the current NFL people, once we get kind of out of their regular seasons, maybe those guys can be on for for the off season. And then I, you know, I'd love to have just some former Gamecocks on that maybe we haven't heard from in a while and, and sort of catch up on what they're doing. And it, there's a lot of really good stories out there, I'm sure, about what these guys are doing just in their own personal lives. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, D- Darian was a really good interview. Obviously, you know, playing for Beamer, playing for Spurrier, great timing with his retirement, 10 years in the league. And, man, that really – I mean, I was telling somebody yesterday, that sort of made me feel like I'm aging pretty rapidly that Darian Stewart has already completed his college career and already played 10 years in the NFL. Um, outstanding accomplishment for him. So yeah, definitely get, I mean, guess something Wes and I talk about a lot. We're going to be doing more of it lately. It's been busy on the show. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, no shortage of topics, but guests will be definitely a focal point as we continue to grow the show, which I, it has. I, yeah. I, I think we can get DJ Swearinger on here, man. Uh, so. RJ wants DJ on. I think we can make that happen. I don't think that one's going to be a problem. Um, I've had actually this off season, Pharaoh had mentioned the possibility of coming on Debo had mentioned coming on. Um, so I, I, you know, hopefully we can get some of those guys in and if y'all, if all of you keep watching, then certainly they're going to feel like they want to come on the show and, um, be a part of it. Shout out to Josh Yellman throwing five bucks. And so, all right. So he did not want to be outdone. By Thomas, although if you add Thomas's together, his um, his still is beating Josh's. But Josh with the our biggest donation to boot um, with no, the five dollars here. Thomas's right. You had Thomas Bordenkircher. I hope I said the name right. Oh no no you're Thomas right Jordan. you're right yeah yeah Tom, Thomas Thomas B opened up the floodgates and then Thomas Y okay who came over from Facebook and is now on YouTube throwing our beer money at us. Thomas and Thomas, if I ever, if we ever see you out, we will buy you a beer. So how about that? And we appreciate Josh Yellman for getting in as well. Um, that's all. I did not expect any of this, but um, so, all right, moving forward, I'm with you, man. Recruiting will be interesting. I think this, this is the modern approach though, man, is you got to hit the portal. You got to hit some JUCOs. That that's sort of a given anyway. Every new staff has always sort of looked. What can we find in JUCOs? But the modern way to do it is the transfer portal. So I, I think um, we've been told South Carolina will do that. We've been told there are certain positions in particular that you have to look at, and those positions are obvious. You know, wide receiver, linebacker, DB, pass rusher. It doesn't mean every other spot on your team is is a hundred percent exactly where you want it to be, but you sort of have to pick what what spots need help the most. And I, I think we all realize, we all know that's the case at, at those positions. And it is something moving forward that will continue to sort of evolve as far as what they're looking for. I don't think, Chris, you want to be in the transfer portal your five years from now. You know, you you want to be hitting up the transfer portal yeah. for for tiny needs, but off the bat, maybe you uh, you want to do that a little bit um, <laughs> a, a little bit uh, more at, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, ideally, and, and look, South Carolina has always had some success, even when they were really building the program. They were plucking some junior college guys. I mean. Remember, Wes, we were talking about this yesterday, that 2010 team that beat uh, Alabama. You had Tony Strauder and Josh Dickerson. I mean, I think starting – yeah, they were starting for that team at linebacker, two Georgia military dudes. Um, you think about the 2012 team, which I consider the best Gamecock football team. Um, you had Byron Gerardo, you know, starting, playing big big snaps in there. So, um even when things are rolling, a place like South Carolina, you can go pluck some JUCO talent to get just some good players that can help you or can start or maybe fill a little bit of a hole for you on your depth chart. They're going to have to go this route a little bit more at the beginning. And then, ideally, you want to build it back up and then be able to get a lot of high school talent on your roster 
and be able to bring those guys around, uh, bring those guys along, couldn't spit it out, you know, in a more efficient manner. You know, you play freshmen if they can play, but you're building it from there. But they've got some holes that they've got to fill, and so that's what you look at short term. Shout out to Jeffrey Hicklin throwing $5 at us. Uh, appreciate that, Jeffrey. I will answer you 100% honestly. But we're not going to do the process elimination thing where we just knock off guys, knock off guys. Ask about every player. Yeah, yeah. It is It is not, it is not for Jamie Robinson. It is on that side of the ball. That's all I'm going to say. Um, all right, let's see. We got – we got another one, Dustin Cress, um, with ten dollars from Ohio. Don't buy ninety nine cent beer. Thanks for keeping us informed. Thank you, Dustin. You got a question, Dustin? Thank you, Dustin. Appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. If you uh, if you have a question, throw it in there. Um, <laughs> God, the chat, dude. The chat is on fire today. Um, Yuva says this is a reporter's version of OnlyFans with us raking in the money on Friday. Um, Yes, I'm cool with that. Um, Robert McKenzie says, any word on realistic options for OC under Shane Beamer? You know, it's it's been it, it's been kind of funny, Chris. And thanks again, Dustin, by the way. We really do appreciate that. It's been interesting how early on these, na- these names popped out, like, out of nowhere, right? And... They were pretty much everywhere. They were, you know, everybody has mentioned the idea of, like, Garrett Riley. Everybody has mentioned the idea of maybe Bobo staying on. But then past that, it's been very, very quiet, Mm -hmm. which to me says two things. Either it it could go one way or the other, right? It could be that it's just sort of already kind of locked in behind the scenes with one of these guys and they're just waiting for the right time. Or it could be that there's someone else in the mix that they just purposely have kept 100% quiet out of respect for this person and their current job, and that um, they're perfectly okay with the media not hearing that name, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and look, man, here's the deal. There are candidates out there right now um, and, and I'm not talking about OC necessarily. Those are, if we're doing, we like to do honesty hour here. We can't say everything, but we will answer honestly when we can. Um, you know, those are the only two guys I've heard as legitimate, like OC possibilities, right? There's some other guys at other spots, whether it's position coach, whether it's strength coach, that have not been reported yet that are candidates. They'll come out at the right time, you know, if I had to say. So, um, you know, just got to wait on some of those things, but OC, those are, those are the main two names, you know, that we've definitely heard uh, floated out there uh, and for good reason in terms of being floated out there. Shout out to Josh, uh, throwing a, uh, throwing one out here as well. Josh, um, throw us a, throw us a question in here, man. Um, John on Facebook says, I guess you got to donate money to get your question answered. Not true. This is free for all Friday. We'll answer as many questions as we absolutely can. The uh, the money just gets you to the top of the list and is very much appreciated. Uh, Josh Davis, I knew a Josh Davis once. He played wide receiver for uh, the York Cougars and then actually broke. He was at one time the all-time NCAA receptions leader, played for Marshall when Byron Leftwich was there. I don't think this is the same Josh Davis, but he wants to know, are we recruiting Chase Simmons actively? The kid has a great motor but he is raw out of North Myrtle beach. You want to hit that one, Chris? Yeah. Chase has been, he's a really interesting one, man. Uh, did an outstanding job at some camps spring and summer. There were not a lot of camps, uh, but a couple private ones that he went to and really stood out, I think. And Josh, you probably have some familiarity since you're asking about him. I think Chase was like 180, like last year or a couple years ago. And now he's really, you know, beefed up and sort of blossomed and become a late bloomer and obviously, you know, a coastal guy right now. Um, but, you know, he's someone that South Carolina is taking a look at. I don't know that I would say that he's an offer guy, but he's someone that they would love to have as part of the program and they're going to, you know, continue communicating with him and see where go- things go from there. 
And dude, I, I saw Chase at the uh, the camp in Charlotte that uh, Jabril Fuel and, and that group did this year, and th- there's a lot to like about that kid, man. He he's sort of in that mold of like like the the poster said there, high very high motor has uh, has some confidence about him, doesn't back down from anybody. Has like you said, has put on. You can tell he's put in the work to put on the weight. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man, if South Carolina can somehow sneak him into, uh, you know, onto their roster, then that, that would be a great get. I think a uh, shout out to Bobby Melnick said, praying for a bowl game. Uh, I guess I can say this. I think I can say this. Bobby's kid is a, a walk on for South Carolina's team. Um, hope that's okay. Bobby, you want to give you a shout out, man. Um, COVID does suck. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully we're going to be on the other end of this thing. Come next season, I hope. Uh, let's see. Josh says, "Give me time to think of another one." Um, got somebody else uh, who's a first-time listener. What's up to uh, Trung fan? Hopefully, I said your name right, my friend. Um, let's see, Zachary Barker. We can answer this. Do we know if Shane Beamer has contacted Keon Coleman or Gunnar Stockton? The answer there is yes. I, I'm, you know, I, I think Coleman being someone. You know, Chris, he's one I think is worth continuing to keep an eye on because he's not signing until February. That's right. There was a South Carolina connection there before as far as them being in the final three. Oklahoma was in the final three. Um, We know about their needs at wide receiver. We know that Beamer has talked to both those guys and is targeting both those guys. Obviously, Gunner still committed to South Carolina. So, yes, if um, if – if your question is just as simple as has he talked to those two guys, absolutely. But more so than that, I think you will need to continue to to track those guys and look at those guys. Gunner has said that he's not really talking recruiting right now. Chris, I think that's a major key for South Carolina. Once this staff gets settled, once you get post-bowl, once Gunner Stockton finishes up his season and is willing to get back a little bit more into recruiting, the first major recruiting win, one of the first major recruiting wins for Shane Beamer could be to get Gunnar Stockton to like recommit, like reaffirm um, to this staff, if that yeah. makes sense. He's still on the commitment list. He is a commitment, but I'd say that's a major key for South Carolina this offseason is to get to that point with Gunnar Stockton. Yeah, and obviously he has connected. We, we know that for sure, and then – um, obviously, you've got a couple guys that are on the current staff that have been key there, Mike Bobo, Connor Shaw. Um, we know that Bobo has a shot to stay on. Um, not sure how it'll play out. Connor Shaw, I think we could both be very confident, Wes. He's going to be here in some capacity. We don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the off-field role for sure. Maybe he steps on the field, maybe does something else. He's going to be here. Dustin, yes. uh, Wes, let me hit if you don't mind this Dustin question, any, any insight on strength and conditioning coach? Great question. Uh, it is a very important hire. So er- everybody's talking about Aaron Feld right now from Oregon. That is one that um, we have reason to believe is in the mix. Um, you know, I, I don't know that anything's done there. He, he is, he is a guy that's in the mix. There are others. There's one that uh, I can't talk about yet. That is um, at, at another program that has been in the mix for a while. I'm not sure where things stand there, but has been in the mix and reason to believe that he was in the mix at one point. Craig Fitzgerald was one, but just got to the Giants earlier this year. Big salary, probably staying put there. Um, So there's a few different guys to watch there. Feld would be one, you know, that's been talked about a lot. Shout out to Jeffrey Hicklin. Jeffrey coming in over the top of everybody. Whoa, Jeffrey. Our official leader in uh, the clubhouse here. Um, so we're, we're going to go into some depth on Jeffrey's question here. Is there any insight to the scheme that Beamer wants to run on offense? Are we shooting for an Oklahoma clone? Is there an emphasis on mobile quarterback or more of a pro passer? So, Jeffrey, I would say, first of all, in a general sense, Chris, don't you get the sense that Oklahoma's offense is – kind of the direction that they want to go but I think that's more in like a big picture 
standpoint. Mm-hmm. Because one thing Beamer has talked about, and we know for a fact he's told some recruits, um, or some recruits have told us that he has said the Oklahoma offense is sort of a something they're going to mimic at South Carolina. But one thing he said in his opening presser is that he's learned from Lincoln Riley is that you have to sort of be versatile. You have to be a little bit flexible in what you do as a scheme based on your personnel. Uh-huh. I I don't think if you took if you just gave Beamer the roster from this past season, he's not going to be able to run the Oklahoma scheme, yeah. in my opinion, successfully. Right, but. You know, it's going to depend on all those things we were talking about earlier. If you add a couple of difference makers from JUCO, transfer portal, maybe there's a a freshman that's ready at receiver, maybe all of a sudden you feel a little bit better about spreading it out and and doing some of those things. Um, Long term, I think that's definitely the plan, is for it to be similar to Oklahoma with South Carolina's on tweaks on that. Now, whether it's mobile or pro, I I don't know, Chris. I think I think we've seen Oklahoma do a little bit of both. Yeah. Generally, the way the coaches look at their scheme, especially a scheme like Oklahoma's, is the person has to be able to process and physically deliver in the passing game first. Yes. Then if they happen to be able to add in the QB run elements as well, that's like a cherry on top type thing. Now, I do look at Oklahoma. It seems like they want a quarterback that's not just an absolute statue, right? It, do you have to be Lamar Jackson? No, but do you need to be able to do a little bit to keep a defense honest with your legs in that scheme? That, from what I've seen out of them under Lincoln Riley, has been sort of the case. They have to be able to make the throws and then run with them. Now, you know, you look at a Kyler Murray, this guy looks like a video game in real life. So it's going to depend on personnel. If South Carolina was running this offense with Luke Doty, it's probably called a little bit on game day differently than it would be if they were running this offense with Ryan Helensky or Colton Gothier. So all those elements – will play into this. Uh, your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, and and so here, here's another thought on it, because I don't want to just sort of reiterate what you said. I think you made some great points there. You know, South Carolina's run game was obviously the strength of this team this year. And, and going in, even if it's not as good as this season in 2021, um, you would have to start there with that's your foundation to build off of. You know, a lot of people think of, you know, a Lincoln-Riley-style offense. They think throw the ball all over the place. And it is from that air raid tree, right? But Lincoln Riley, when he got to Oklahoma, made a good decision of saying, he looked around and said, wow, we got some good backs here. Like, let's also make sure that we're emphasizing running the ball. And I remember talking to Lincoln Riley when he was at ECU. I got to interview him once or twice before they played South Carolina. And he was talking about some of the differences with how he ran the offense as opposed to, say, Mike Leach or some of the other air raid guys and that he emphasized the run a little bit more. And so that's been the case at Oklahoma, too. They've certainly had some really good performances from some of their running backs there, too, and they've had good backs. And then they've had, you know, eight straight Heisman quarterbacks or whatever it was. You know, they've had (laughs) Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, and then you look at Jalen Hurts in there. I mean, they've done a really good job uh, with, you know, their quarterbacks. And part of it's the system, part of it's talent. And a lot of them have been mobile. Um, But – He's had success with guys that maybe weren't as mobile as that in the past, too. So you you scheme around it. No matter what type of offense you're playing in, it's always a plus to have a guy, you know, that's mobile. And I think the other point I was going to make is when you – like Mike Bobo does not run the air raid, right? But he also opens it up and can run a variety of different concepts based on personnel. If you go back and look at what they did at Colorado State, say his last couple of years there, they spread it out more than we saw at South Carolina this year. And that's because they had better receivers. They had, they had more ability to stretch the field and, and make plays in the passing game than South Carolina did. That's why there's more of an emphasis this year on let's line up, let's run the ball, including out of eye formation. Cause that's, that was their bread and butter. Um, so Mike Bobo has some versatility to what he can do. Is he air raid? No, 
Um, but that's one, re- you know, he obviously has a lot of experience too. He's got experience in different backgrounds and that's why, you know, he's another name that we've also heard as a possibility. Uh, Trung says, thanks for the shout out. How can I donate to the cause? Um, dude, and we, I mean, we appreciate the donations. We're not asking for them. If, if you want to, I, I think there's a little dollar sign button on YouTube you can hit, but, um, you know, don't feel obligated. Thomas, uh, who got this party started, says we should do the show from Lucky's Sports Shack. I think that's an Irmo. Um, if you're, hey, if you're, if you're connected there, Thomas, if you own the place or run the place or, or know the folks, uh, hit us up, man. We're always open for stuff like that. Love to come out there. Um, let's see. I had another question. Uh, Chase said he just tuned in. Who would be the DC in a bowl game this year? So I, I think that's worth hitting on, Chris. We haven't really talked about that much. It, it's going to be, frankly, it's it's like a skeleton staff right now. Like it's going to be thrown together. Currently, South Carolina essentially has, you know, what eight of their guys from the final from the last class or last staff, I should say, um, still out there coaching, and I. I, I don't know who would be the defensive coordinator. Clearly, you're going to put, you're going to fill those holes by putting grad assistants or um, analysts, basically, on the field for the bowl game, which is good experience for them, actually. But who will actually call the defense? I have no idea. I, I have a guess, and that's all it is at this point. We'll definitely try to run that down before the bowl as a reportable. Hey, guys, here's what's going to happen. If we hear it, we'll pass it on. My guess right now, just to give some context, um, Tracy Rocker as defensive coordinator, maybe <laughs> acting defensive coordinator. I'm not talking about 2021. I'm talking about for the bowl only. Uh, maybe bump up DeMarco McNeil, who's an analyst and has a defensive line background. Let him coach the defensive line. And then maybe Aaron Fireball, who has def- uh, defensive backs background, maybe you bump him into a defensive backs spot maybe help out on special teams. That that would be my guess for how it could play out, but we don't know yet. Uh, shout out to Walter uh, throwing in a tip as well. Walter, throw us a question, man, if you if you uh, want us to answer it. Let's see. Oh, he already, he already sent one. Um, any chance of South Carolina getting Kamari Wilson, the 2022 number one safety? Any thoughts on that, Chris? Kamari was someone who uh, he actually visited. Well, I say visited. Remember, no no official or unofficial visits, but you can still go to games on your own dime. He was actually in Columbia for the Auburn game this year um, with one of his coaches. He knows uh, Gilbert Edmond from the same high school, and they also Auburn actually had a teammate, former teammate Jamie and Sherwood, who played. So they made the trip to Columbia to watch those guys. Um, and at one point, you know, a decent amount of traction. Now, obviously, coaching change is completely throwing all that up in the air. He does like South Carolina. How much of that is tied to the old staff, I'm not quite sure. So at some point, we'll reassess Kamari Wilson. Josh says uh, 10 bucks for 200 uh, characters, actually. Um, that That's that's actually a, that's a pretty good staff you put together there, Josh. If Josh was running South Carolina football um, – I, th- I think he did pretty well there, man. It's a good list. I, I can't, you know, and we'd, we'd give you some hints if we could, honestly, if we knew. But I I just, I don't think it's at that point yet, Chris, of, of knowing um, what the staff is going to look like. Now, as far as putting some pieces together, some people that have a chance to be on the staff, um, some people that have a chance to stay, you know, having, having Dez or – Des Kitchings or Jay Graham at running backs coach. I mean, that seems to be that seems to be probably where it's where it's headed. I would think. Yeah. I think that's safe to say. Um, you know, Bobo potentially as OC. That's something that is possible, but but still not locked in. I, I tend to think, as far as who is staying, that we're going to start to have a feel for that probably in the next two weeks or so or even more specifically after the bowl game. Um, I, I don't know, Chris, that we can like accurately say because the, the guys don't even know right now. There, a lot of the current staff is in a wait-and-see wait holding pattern right now. 
Yeah, and, you know, it, it is a wait and see. It's a holding pattern for a lot of reasons, including the bowl, including Beamer still going out and, and finding out what he wants to do on each side of the ball in terms of a coordinator. Um, and then I also, you know, continuing to work on assembling the staff with assistance and, and making the appropriate moves to make that happen. Um, there, there are a couple guys on staff that are going to have a good shot of staying. And, you know, but realistically – there are going to be a lot of changes. I mean, there's been two official changes already. There's going to be more. You're not going to have a new coach come in uh, and say, all right, I'm keeping these seven guys. That just that just doesn't happen. Um, and so there are going to be a lot more changes. We're going to keep following it all the way, you know, uh, minute, minute by minute. We'll, we'll do our very best to do that as soon as we hear new names, possibilities, moves that are happening. Uh, we'll definitely be sure to cover it. Yeah, so it, it's it's never going to end. I mean, the, uh, the the coach is in place, but there's still plenty to talk about and plenty to uh, to get into. Zach asks a question that I'm not quite sure the answer to yet either. Um, are we still going to be doing daily shows during the off season? We're still going to be doing shows during the off season. That much is that much is 100 locked in. Now, if if it's going to be every single day. Not sure yet. I tend to think, Chris, that if there's a lot going on, you know, leading up to signing day, leading up to, well, the second signing day in February, spring practice, I think there's a very real chance we we end up doing, just knocking them out and still doing them every single day. If people, I mean, our numbers have been up thanks to y'all, not thanks to us, so thanks to all of you. The numbers have been absolutely over the top since Beamer got named. So I can sense the excitement in the fan base. So if, if y'all are still watching, we're, we're going to st- keep doing them. There may be some times where we cut it back to, you know, two or three shows a week when it's really, really dead out there. But then the, the quality of those three will be better in the long run than us just stretching an extra couple of shows out, um, you know, just to do it, basically. But certainly when there's a lot going on, and we got big plans for the show. I think going into next year as well, when the season gets here, there's even more that we could do with this thing. And hopefully, Chris, I, I want to get to the point, and um, Thomas mentioned Lucky's, you know, wherever it is, if it's back at Market on Main, if it's somewhere like Lucky's, if anybody else has connections at other places, I want to get back out to where we can meet people in person and actually carry the show from being just an online entity to being something where, we can meet all the people and, and sort of actually get to know our very loyal people that are on here every day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we had also. Awesome, I mean, we was that our first remote? No, 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 no. Marketing on Maine, obviously, we've done several remotes. Uh, Angry Fish, we did one, you know, and it was outstanding. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, hopefully we can continue to do those. And the show has really continued to grow. So we appreciate everybody's support with it. Um, you know, it turned from, sort of an idea into something uh, that's been pr- pretty cool and it's, it's just continued to really blossom. So I, I'm with, I'm with you, Wes, all credit to everybody that's taken time to, you know, be loyal, loyal listeners, whether you're on the pod, YouTube, Facebook, whether you're here every day or just uh, once in a blue moon, we really appreciate it. Josh wants to know if uh, Williams, uh, Travis Williams, I, I did not realize Travis Williams has a code DC title at Auburn. Um, does he come here as DC? Is that likely at all? I I haven't heard that. I I do know getting Travis Williams on staff, if it was possible, I think would be a great hire. That's somebody who's he's from Columbia, Spring Valley grad. Speaking of feeling old, man, I remember I remember when he was recruited and South Carolina sort of passed on him. Um and and now he's obviously at his alma mater at Auburn. You tend to think stealing guys from where they went to school is difficult unless you're able to give them a big raise or like a big new title, you know. But maybe, you know, that, that name's been thrown around. Maybe he's one to keep an eye on. Yeah. And I mean, people are talking about Jay Graham. I mean, similar thing. Jay's been here before. He's been at Tennessee. This is the second stint at Tennessee, right? So, um, that's where he went to school, was a really good running back at Tennessee. So that dynamic is there too. Plus, look, here's the other thing is you got Des Kitchings is really good, you know, and 
um, you know, at linebacker, you got Rod Wilson here who coaches linebackers and he's a guy who's considered a, a real a coach. who has got significant upside and potentially still young, you know, and, but a lot of people think really highly of Rod Wilson and he's a Gamecock guy. So um, yeah, a lot of different things that go into it for sure. Uh, appreciate that USC light. Uh, this is our favorite hour of the work day as well. Um, Jeffrey wants to know, uh, let's see about Derek Mason as defensive coordinator that, I mean, that, that's one I have not heard. That's one that's been a popular topic of discussion. I think on Twitter, on our, on our message boards, what would it make sense? Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he's very well known in the sec, obviously great defensive mind. Just, um, have you heard Derek Mason's name come up from a reputable source connected to this job at all, Chris? I have not yet. Not to say, I mean, maybe it has, and we have not heard of it yet, but but so far I have not. Yeah. So, all right, man. Um, I think we're about towards the end of the show here. We're about at an hour. Um, let, we talked about this yesterday because it had just been announced, but this new deal for the SEC, um, some more details had started to come out right when we were doing the show, and – God, talk talk about another great deal for the SEC. The projections are, Chris, that it will add approximately $20 million per year per school to on top of the TV deal that the SEC already has with ESPN slash ABC slash Disney. It will put South Carolina – or excuse me, the SEC, of course, South Carolina some weeks on ABC instead of CBS – it will give the league more flexibility to scheduling and apparently will even allow the schools some flexibility in exactly when they want to schedule games, which obviously will help them out a great deal. Um, there was kind of a little bit of a sense, I think, man, about does the college football model, is it falling? Is it even, there was some kind of alarmist thoughts or takes out there that the college football model may may crumble, frankly, with COVID. I think this is a clear sign that it's not going away anytime soon. There's even more money coming in. Will there possibly be less people in the seats? Is that going to be a continued trend? I, I think so, personally. I think we will see schools continue to add suites versus seats and that you're going to have less and less volume of people but as long as this tv revenue money is coming in the th- this train is not slowing down anytime soon yeah i mean the sec distribution to schools last year i think 40 but somewhere between 44 to 46 million and this is gonna up that you know that that was tv plus bowl money split among all the all the member schools and so this is going to up that Schools are really excited about it across the SEC because of a the money, b the flexibility, Wes, that you mentioned. But yeah, that's the thing. I mean, this is something that people in college football administrators have been concerned about. I think you could say for several years because you're happy about the TV money coming in, but where is a huge chunk of your athletic department revenue? Was well, coming from people who have butts in the seats. You know, they're donating, they're buying tickets, they're coming in, and they have concessions. Now you got alcohol sales. So there's all those different things. So they've been weighing, okay, yeah, we definitely want the TV money. We're going to be on TV. We want to be on TV and we want as much money as possible in order to be on television, but also, you know, balancing that versus we want TV experience to be good for people and we want that money, but we also want to make sure our experience is good. So that the days of just, Hey, everybody cram in here like sardines and that's it. It's sort of over. Now it's about creating an experience even beyond just the game in the stadium. And South Carolina was really behind on suites. They've gotten better with that. They'll have to continue to expand that um, because with suites comes a better experience for anybody who's been in a suite. Now, now there's something to be said for being out in the masses, and that's really cool too. But suites are a really good experience, obviously, if you can afford it. And, um, you know, they also command – a high dollar figure and that can really help boost your athletic department funds. Yep. Um, all right, y'all. I, I think that's going to do it. I, I want to thank, I want to thank everybody for joining. 
I want to thank um, everybody that that super chatted. I was trying to get a quick list of the super chats, um, but I don't see a way for it to show me just that. So I apologize that I can't give you all another shout out right now, but just know it is appreciated. All of our regular listeners and watchers and readers and all that is appreciated from you guys as well. Um, let's do this again on Monday. I'm sure there will be plenty to talk about. I hope everybody has a great weekend. This has been really, really fun. Um, for Chris, I'm Wes. I uh, can't tell you how much we appreciate it, and uh, we will see you all on Monday. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.